It's so important to be in the right environment so you can prosper and become the best version of yourself. Okay, on today's Muscle and Mind podcast, I've got two guys that I've looked up to. Well, I've looked up to Milos pretty much right throughout the 90s, right throughout my teenage years. And obviously, Ben Pukowski, um, I've seen him come right through um, the 2000s and uh, and into um, this new era of being called the bodybuilding yogi. And um, it's an honor. And I look at these two guys as the thoughtful leaders of the new age of bodybuilding and the impact that they're making around the world um, with, uh, you know, their, um, their muscle camps. And they walked into my gym today and I wanted to really take the opportunity, even though it wasn't prepared to be able to interview you two guys. And I want people in our, on our podcast to go away going, what impact um, has Milos and Ben made on my life through the principles and the disciplines that you've acquired? But not only what you've acquired, also the experience of the transition in your lives, because you guys have been around for a long time. And I've seen the transition. I mean, Milos looks a lot younger, and I'll start with you, Milos. Um, one of the, uh, the most beautiful physiques in the 90s. Oh, thank you. Thank you very um, much. For the viewers that, that don't know you, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career. Yes. Uh, first, uh, I want to salute this uh, podcast, right? Master of Mind Intelligent Podcast. Uh, to my right is uh, a truly master intelligent genius. Ben Pekulski that is uh, now really at uh, another level. Uh, I'm really appreciating opportunity to travel with him. We were friends for many years. I coached him back in 2010 and I've just seen uh, expansion of uh, his knowledge, interest and, and the influence that he has on so many people. But just to touch the subject, as you said, that you followed me back in the 90s. Yeah, I um, competed uh, from 1991 until 2003. Um, I uh, was one of the few or maybe the only ones that uh, competed in every show, uh, like 91, uh, every IBB organized show I answered, uh, I competed in. 92, uh, 97, 99. Um, coming from a small country in uh, Yugoslavia at the time, uh, I had a precise goals what I wanted to do. I, I, I made a plan, five-year plan that I, I need to come to the United States, turn IBB professional within Mr. Universe, qualify for Mr. Olympia, and uh, make a living off of bodybuilding. So a lot of people at uh, my country back in the day didn't believe that uh, that would be possible. And uh, uh, I will tell you, as we're talking about the mindset and, and uh, how a lot of people come short of first establishing what they want to accomplish and then reaching their goals. I had never doubted that I would accomplish everything. I mean, there was never a, a shadow of the doubt. And not just that I accomplished everything in five years in my original plan, I did in, in four. So, um, you know, the seminars and uh, training camps uh, when I go around the world, I, I like to encourage everyone that uh, I'm not superior or inferior to anybody. I did it. Everybody can if they have you know, precise goal and intelligently work on it. They're aware of situation. They're, uh, as uh, Ben said, uh, mindful, disciplined, and uh, they set high goals. And there is no question of if, it's just a question of when things would happen. 
Fantastic. And I really, mm. really, um, you know, looking back at your career, you know, you had the sort of modern day Frank Zane look. And, and you, I can kind of see why Ben, you know, kind of looked up to you and then, you know, had you as a trainer. Um, <laughs> what was that first relationship like for both of you, Ben, when you first met Milos? Yeah. Were you look, did you sure, look up sure. to him? Was, was that yeah, something? Yeah, and I try not, Cause to, I, cause I try not to make him feel old, but when no, I was... No, but he was like, the, he was, he was the, like the modern day yeah, Frank Zane no question. Thank you. So, uh, I mean, mm. I was 15 years old and watching him compete or watching him, you know, the magazines and I just thought it was the greatest physique on the planet. First time I saw him live was, uh, I was 98 or 99 at the Olympia and uh, went to both of those and, you know, just, you know, someone I was always uh, aspiring to, especially because he took the intelligent approach. And, you know, when I was 18 years old, I kind of made this decision, or, or at least I was seeking um, someone who could lead me in all aspects of the business or all aspects of the, the bodybuilding industry. And it was like someone who can teach me nutrition, someone who can teach me training, someone who can teach me really everything. And there really wasn't anybody except for him. So he was the only one actually taking an intelligent approach to everything. And so for that point, like, I, he doesn't know this, but like, I just latched on to everything he said from the time I was literally 18 years old in 1999. And he was already on the Olympia stage. And so anytime there was an article by Milosh, I'm gonna read it. Every time there's a video on bodyland.com, I'm gonna watch it. Every time he did one of his videos on YouTube or wherever, I'm watching it and trying to learn everything I can. And, you know, through a, a friend of, mutual friend of ours, I uh, ended up meeting Milos and, and just felt so blessed to be able to spend a, little, a small amount of time, unfortunately, training with him. It would have been amazing if it was much longer, but um, we did spend you know, a good six weeks training about every day. <clears throat> I drove almost an hour to his gym every day, um, and he put me some of, through some of the most hellacious workouts, but that's not even what I like to emphasize on when it comes to Milos. Just, he created a new standard in my mind, right? So when I started bodybuilding, I wanted to be the best in the world, and I didn't know what that took, but that was my standard, and I wanted to look like him. I wanted to look like you know, the top guys in the world. When I met him in 2010, the, the attention to detail and all of the little stuff, so the posing, journals, the how hard I had to work, the mindset of like, there's no option for anything other than your best. If, if, if your thought is I'm gonna quit at any second, you, you leave now, and he wasn't always nice about it, but one of the things he said to me since he walked in the gym and he'll smile, it's like, I'm not here to be your friend, I'm here to make you your best. And he's, I think he says it to everybody, but he certainly said that to me, and, that just sticks out in my mind as, as you know how I approach things now is I'm not trying to be nice to you in the gym like I don't need to be your friend I don't need to coddle you I'm not here to, to like walk on eggshells and worry about what I say to you I'm just gonna crush you and you're gonna get better because of it and, and that mentality carried me a long way in, in bodybuilding so Milos you, you had a, obviously a methodical approach you know people say if you want to become the greatest anything it's all about the one percenters and that's what you were just talking about Ben were you always like that or was that something that you acquired or you know you, you came from obviously yugoslavia you were the underdog no one expected you to win is that what made you become like that well being an underdog i always talk about it i cheer all this for underdog you know for me i was just uh, blessed to have a, a father who was not a psychiatrist most brilliant man i actually uh, ever knew most educated and um, for whatever reason, you know, when you're a teenager, you don't want to really listen to your parent, uh, no matter how brilliant it is. But, but he set, uh, um, you know, a few things in my mind, and that is that I can accomplish everything. But uh, if you want to reach for the stars, you have to know how to get there in the most effective, the fastest way, maximizing everything. I think that a lot of people, um, 
you know, drifter, you know, they, they, they don't have a precise direction and they don't maximize every aspect of their life or bodybuilding, nutrition, training, you know. So uh, for me, uh, I had to really uh, clarify what is maximally beneficial nutrition? What is a uh, maximum amount of protein, which I was, you know, very uh, loud about it and, and a lot of people didn't agree with me, but uh, I went to extremely high protein intake. What is the uh, uh, maximal stimulation of muscle fibers? How do you accomplish all that stuff? So, uh, you know, for me, it was always about maximizing everything. If I go to the gym, you go to the gym, what is your goal? And uh, no, your goal would be maximal stimulation of maximum amount of muscle fibers or a targeting muscle group, whatever you're training. So that would be definition. And uh, as, as uh, Ben said, if anybody would come train with me, regardless if you are a beginner, intermediate or advanced, me as a lead coach, I would have to maximize whatever your, your potential is. So first time that he came, I just talked about uh, that in his podcast. I, I don't even remember that I put into like, you know, 15 different exercises for back, back and I, I didn't take uh, quitting as an option. His training partner that came with him, you know, quit and I kicked him out of the gym. You know, you know, really, so I would be uh, painted as maybe, uh, excuse me, you know, asshole or, or you know, just uh, not such a polite guy. But uh, if you're true to yourself and you want to maximize his uh, development and his success and effectiveness of training, then you have to be true to yourself and train him that way. So, you know, for me, it was always about that. Do you think, you know, the tough love approach um, worked really well for you, Ben? And do you think... You know, like living in today's sort of um, era of bodybuilding, that you know maybe that tough love approach is lacking all that honesty because a lot of the times we try and tippy toe around being honest with individuals that aren't putting in the work. I think in any relationship in life, the, having a foundation in honesty is the only way to be successful, right? So, if him and I want to make each other better and and we're blowing smoke up each other's butt, it doesn't help anybody, right? Mm -hmm. So. Foundation of honesty is, is imperative, and that's why I was I was drawn to him is because that's what I craved. I craved some like I didn't want to be just okay, right? I wanted to be the best. So the only way I knew I could be the best is if I had someone who's really hard on me and really honest. And you're absolutely right; most people can't take that. Um, and even I struggle with it sometimes now with my clients is like actually telling them the truth um, because you realize most people aren't strong enough mentally to hear it. Um, I do lean towards always doing my, my best to say like, hey, you're not ready. You need to do better. You do this and you do this. But, um, you know, most people won't act on it even if you tell them, unfortunately. But, um, you know, I, I think I was someone who whatever he told me to do, I, I may have sometimes been like, really? I'm like, yes. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and when you learn the thing with Milos is like what you see is what you get. He's, he's the most honest guy you'll ever meet in your life. So if he tells you something, it's not him trying to get a rise out of you. He's not trying to be funny. He's not trying to, to do something, make you do something that's going to hurt you. It's like, hey, this is, he, this is what he knows from X number of years of experience to be the absolute best case scenario. But if you look at the, you know, the principles of being successful or getting an outcome, a desired outcome, they're pretty much the same in everything that awesome. you do, right? So like, you know, people go, what does it take to be successful in anything, right? It's it's 24 seven. If you want to be successful as a bodybuilder, that clock doesn't stop. You got to get a certain amount of sleep. You got to get a certain amount of meals. You got to do your work in the gym. Otherwise you're not going to get a result. You know, a lot of people find that hard to 
take that information in. And it's not easy work, is it? <laughs> if it's easy, everybody will do it. As Arnold, you know, had a, a lot of those, uh, you know, posters on our Instagram, when they tell him, oh, uh, I would never want to look like you. I said, don't worry, you can't. <laughs> you know, but uh, uh, in really, in, in essence, um, I think that a lot of people uh, fall into mediocrity and uh, following, uh, you know, just, uh, I'm okay to be alive. Yeah. They spend a life expiring, basically. They, they, they don't make days count, they count the days, you know. So uh, I think whatever you choose to do is bodybuilding, different sport, uh, business, doesn't matter what it is. Establish first in your mind what you want to accomplish and then be honest to yourself and don't follow lead, yes. you know, because every time you follow, okay, it's always good to have a guidance. Uh, I mentioned a lot of times one of my childhood heroes, uh, Bruce Lee, who always meticulously said, uh, first accept no style as a style, have your own style, but observe everything, and what you find useful, use it. What you find useless, you know, discard, but create what is essentially your own. You know, so uh, I, I see a lot of people, uh, even in our seminar now, we were in Dubai, we're going to do it in Sydney and uh, Melbourne, uh, Bali in the next three weeks. A lot of people ask questions that they obviously didn't thought before answering themselves. Yeah. You know, so they're following. Yeah. You know, so if you accept, okay, for example, in bodybuilding, you're going to be a, a competitive bodybuilder and you want to be on Olympia stage. What does it take to, to get there? First mindset, goal and then discipline, that you're gonna eat so many meals. Like say. So I would say many bodybuilders nowadays, even pros, they don't eat uh, uh, the, as much as they're supposed to, quantitatively, qualitatively. Uh, training, uh, we talk about 90s. I, I think that we train way harder than you know, guys nowadays. You know, so uh, you know, supplementation, you know, any additional knowledge that you can uh, apply for recovery, for uh, you know, meditation and uh, you know, many things that uh, now uh, Yogi of Bodybuilding, Ben is really expert at, nobody applies it. You know, you can get somewhere, especially at the top of the mountain, if you're wandering around. Yes. You know, there is a way to, to, to get there and uh, you have to do everything in your power to reach that the top, you know, using all the tools that you have available. Ben, I'll go to you now. I mean, how important now is meditation and yoga uh, in modern day bodybuilding? Do you think there's a much bigger place for it? Do you see? Uh, I don't. I don't think it's it's possible to answer unless it's contextual, right? So, yeah. who is it, and what is the limitation? So, most people in, in this day and age are overstressed. Most people have a hard time focusing, right? Most people can't sleep. Most people have a very high respiration rate. They're breathing very, very fast. Their body's on high alert. There's, there's always a lion in the room. So your body's always burning through more calories at rest. It's burning through more carbohydrates. It's not going into that recovery, that anabolic mode. So if that's the case, then you don't stand a chance of building muscle without learning how to control that, right? So even as much as 30 years ago when Milos was kind of, you know, 25 years ago when Milos was really getting into bodybuilding, it's a very different scenario than it is now, right? There's certainly less internet. There's certainly less cell phones. There's, there's probably less EMF. There's probably less things that are just toxic to the environment and his internal environment. So he may not have needed it as much, right? Maybe just an hour at the beach or maybe an hour in the sunshine was enough for him. But in this evolved state we're living in, like you need to do so many more things that are going to calm down that 
that sympathetic nervous system, right? So you have your autonomic nervous system and yeah. learning how to kind of stimulate the parasympathetic. And meditation, as he says, is like meditation is just your greatest opportunity to learn how to focus. Mm -hmm. And focus in this day and age is a superpower, man. And he speaks of discipline. And I think focus and discipline are obviously going hand in hand. And if I go in the gym and I can't focus, what's the likelihood I'm going to build muscle? Yeah. If I'm building a business and I can't focus, what's the likelihood I'm going to build a business? In a relationship, if I can't focus, I'm always looking in all these different places. What's the likelihood I'm going to have a successful relationship? And you just shoot, focus is a superpower. So I think meditation, and even if it's five minutes, you know, even if it's ten minutes, is teaching you how to keep the single point of focus, teaching you how to pay attention to your breath, teaching you how to slow down your breath. All of these things are going to re result in better muscle building, better quality of life, better emotional resilience, you know, more happiness, better sleep. Yeah. It's five minutes a day or 10, you know, whatever, right? Yeah, like all relative, you yeah. do 60 minutes, you're gonna be a superstar, but if you can do 10 minutes a day, uh, it's, you know, and life-changing sounds cliche, but it, I don't think there's anything more life-changing. You know, the three things that I kind of suggest everyone do is breathe, walk, and meditate. And if you don't do those things, like you shouldn't be allowed to use the human body. You know, like the, human, the foundation of all human optimization has to start with this foundation of the three most reflexive things we do as humans. It's breathing, you don't think about it. We'll do it well, don't do it poorly. Walking, because it's again the second most reflexive and meditation is like exercise for your mind. And um, those three things, if everyone could do those, the world would be a better place. Do you think the, the, in the 90s, we didn't have much technology at all? If, if any, really, I mean, Nokia's were just coming out, the big brick, brick phones, but not many people had them. Do you think that was a big advantage to the bodies of the 90s? Because once technology came in- Absolutely. Stresses, cortisol's up, yeah. inflammation's up 1,000%. Um, the bodies, like, I mean, the bodies look more crisper, they look more fuller, they look more rounder in the 90s, you know? There's issues. a lot of reasons for that, but that's just one, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. So, foundationally, if your body's more infl inflamed from stress, yeah. if it's higher cortisol from stress, it's not going to be as, as receptive to nutrients, it's not going to be as receptive to recovery, your brain's not going to be working as well because inflammation's going to shut off the brain as well. So all of these things are just foundational, right? And not to make excuses for the bodybuilders of, of now or then, um, it's just it's an, it's just a yeah. part of life. And until we adapt to it, the physiques won't get better, right? The ability to build muscle. These guys are. It's become a drug-based culture, meaning people think if I take more drugs, I'll get better. Whereas with him, it's like I need to train more. I need to eat more. I need to train harder. These guys are training harder than me, right? And uh, that's the difference. These guys think, well, I'm not big enough. I'm not taking enough stuff yet. Yeah. And that's just ludicrous. And I think that was a, f a fault of the internet is mm. you, know, you get one a-hole who posts something that's yeah. completely not true on the internet and all of a sudden it's perpetuated as like, well, this is the standard. And now there's 8 million kids out there hurting themselves doing things that are just unnatural and stupid. Uh, that's, you know, yeah. the, the blessing and the curse of the internet, right? It gives you access to guys like this, but it also gives you access to keyboard warriors who are making things up that are complete nonsense. Tell you mm -hmm. what I find humbling about the mm -hmm. was, uh, you know, we talked about it off camera, um, where, you know, he, he was once your trainer and now he looks up to you as an inspiration. Um, what was that like for you? I mean, coming through the sport where you're the leader, now you're looking at him as the... Well, listen, it's, it's always a blessing. I'm, I'm uh, uh, delighted that uh, Ben is at the level that he's at. Um, the, 2010 and we connected, uh, of course, uh, I, I felt I had a lot of things to teach him. And uh, right now, you know, I'm, I'm uh, uh, taking this trip as, as a learning 
you know, Chip, and I learned a lot of things from him. You know, that, that's a uh, um, you know, natural progression, and there's not so many people like him that he was just absorb the knowledge and apply his way of thinking. Uh, one of the best quotes that uh, I always use from Socrates, it's like, I can't teach you anything, I can make you think. So this is why I said a lot of, there are a lot of followers that would, you know, read something on the internet, like he says, it could be just completely bogus uh, information, and they are stuck to it. They say, why don't you think about it? Does this make sense? And then if it doesn't make sense, okay, expand on it, put your, you know, personal touch on it. And this is what he's doing. I mean, uh, you know, first he's relative knowledge, relative information, and uh, he's discarding, you know, e even, you know, some, uh, let's say, scientists that maybe he would respect, but he's okay, this does not make sense to him. We were talking about training, for example, today, and uh, uh, we were about to do the calves, and I, I said how uh, I was advising many times, like, uh, full, full stretch, overstretch, right? And, uh, uh, you know, because I was told by some of the guys with the great calves, Tom Platts, mm -hmm. and, uh, um, Two times I tore my uh, calf left and right, once in Spain, once in in uh, China. You know, trying to tell, to explain to the, you know, my my uh, students how to not just stretch. Now you're supposed to overstretch, and I did and uh, tear. And he was kind of laughing. Yeah, that's exactly what you get. You know, so. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there, there are certain points we talk about. Uh, you know, mind-muscle connection, you mentioned that I was uh, among the first maybe that I was loud about it. He brought this to completely another level. You need to know your kinesiology, anatomy, physiology. You need to know how muscle function. And uh, I was criticized many times using like less than, you know, um, uh, respectful, respectful weight. Yeah. Uh, they want to go heavy or go home and stuff like that. And I mean, it's nonsense that uh, as we teach in, a, in a, a seminars and camps, it's about challenging the muscle, not doing the movement, not doing the exercise. Uh, he used the term muscle-centric, which I never heard, but that's exactly, you know, you need to know function of the muscle, you need the insertion and, and origin, and uh, position yourself that you can really focus on it, feel it, feel that stretch, feel that contraction, and then maximize it. And uh, a lot of people, even to this day, I was gym owner, you're 22 years gym owner. You watch them doing it years and years of the same things, not having uh, any or mediocre results, because they, they just don't think, they're not focused, and they don't have that stimulation. You know, so uh, one of the uh, big things is that uh, I've seen when that uh, started muscle intelligence, he has a, a mastery execution. And uh, if you want to learn how to properly do the exercise, you know, tune in and, uh, and, and see how Ben explains. Uh, I was doing this at a much uh, lower level, you know, and uh, he expanded on it uh, 10 times more. Uh, so if you haven't uh, signed up for Master Intelligence, you know, we didn't talk about this, but I, I, I'm honestly uh, saying this is the first step I would do. Yes, that's what I wanted to get into next about the mm. muscle camps. Obviously, sure. you're, you guys are passionate, you know, you've been in the industry for a long time. You know, Milos is, is a huge fan of yours now. He, 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 you're his student. The respect is massive mutual as he is. You know, yeah. You've taken it to another level. And um, how passionate are you about these muscle camps? Do you want to go around the world? Obviously, you guys are traveling everywhere. You mm -hmm. are getting uh, a lot of people. That the most important thing for people to know is, you know, 
you can build muscle and you can build a lot more than you think. You're just not doing it correctly yet. So we're here to, you know, simplify and certainly not make it more complex. It's going to make it so much easier than you think. And the, the problem you have is not your inability to do it. It's what you've been taught up to this point has not been accurate, right? We're all taught certain things in high school. We're all taught through as we're growing up, like, this is how you do it. Well, that works to a point, right? Everyone responds no matter what you do, but then eventually reach a point where, well, now I have to do something a little bit better or I'm not going to get results. And people just assume like, oh, I don't have the genetics or I don't have the ability to do this or I don't have the time. It's all nonsense, man. Like we can exponentially increase your time, no matter what your goals, right? If, if your goal is to be the best bodybuilder on the planet or it's just to be the best version of yourself and feel great and move well and not have joint pain and learn how to, to have this skill set for the rest of your life, like riding a bicycle, right? You come once and now you understand this stuff for years and it's empowering you to have this amazing body and that's really where this kind of started is you know I had some weak body parts as a bodybuilder and I, I was told hey it's genetic man and, I, and then I realized it's nonsense it, you know the genetic it's certainly a genetic component but what's the, the, the point genetically is that when I pick up a weight my body just doesn't naturally want to distribute tension into that muscle and so what I learned was if I can learn to take this resistance and Instead of just lifting it and moving it, I can actually consciously direct where it goes, what muscle actually moves it, right? So if I put a 50 kilo pound dumbbell on the floor and I say, pick it up, it's very different if I say, put a 50 kilo pound dumbbell on the floor and pick it up with just my bicep. So if I, just, if I pick it up, my body's gonna use all the muscles, like size principle, right? Biggest muscle all the way down to the smallest. So then if I go, hey, just use your bicep, that's well, a very different scenario. And if you learn to direct the tension that way, you can build all these body parts. So once I learned that, I felt so empowered I was like, why doesn't anyone talk about this stuff? So that's really what we're teaching, right? It start, that's the foundation of it. And then once you learn how to create that internal stimulus, so that's an important thing to realize is most people focus on what's outside of them. We're trying to create an internal stimulus, right? We want to use the external signal to create an internal response. Exercise is just a signal, man. Just so is food, so is light. These are all signals that your body's interpreting. So how do we create enough stress inside the body with this external signal to shift away from homeostasis and then come back to homeostasis and make a change? That's it. We're creating an internal response. And uh, so that's really what we're teaching is first how to create the signal in the most optimal way and then how to move yourself back, right? So what are all those things that you can do to you know, allow yourself ultimately, objectively, to train harder and more. But to do that, first, you gotta learn how to get yourself back. And then the analogy I give is you can dig yourself a hole and fill it back in, or eventually you wanna be digging yourself a big hole and then filling it back in. And you know, certainly don't wanna dig yourself a trench that you can't fill back in, right? We wanna be able to use all these recovery modalities and nutrition and, and stress mediation and, and sleep and supplementation to fill that proverbial hole back in, right? So objectively, when you train with this guy, you're gonna build a big ass, you're going to dig a big ass hole because he's going to crush you. But now we're going to give you all the skills to, help, to learn how to not only just like fill it back in as fast as possible to allow you to recover without pain, but now come back even better than you were before. That's the plan. And, you know, going to these muscle camps, if I do two, three days or four days, do you notice that people still need more mentoring there after that? Is there, if you've got a, a, something in place where sure. people we, can reach out we, to you Milos guys? does coaching, I do coaching. Um, I, I think it's this reality that you don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. So when, when you come into camp, everyone leaves going, wow, mm. the more you learn, the less you know. That's, that's and people right. come in thinking like, oh, I thought I had this figured out and I didn't. But here's the cool thing. You guys gave me some really simple frameworks mm. Because we're not just going to teach you how to do a bicep curl. That'd be a complete waste of time. Yeah. But teaching you how to think about it. So now you can take any exercise that you want to do and apply it to every body part. It's so simple, but nobody teaches it this way. 
So yes, um, you know, giving you the, the skill set, giving you the knowledge, giving you the tools. Mm. Uh, and then obviously if someone wants to accelerate that, like, hey, I have a deadline, I want to do this in three months, I want to do this in six months, you know, yes. you, you work with Milos, uh, certainly I do some stuff as well. Milos is really um, emphasizing on the physique optimization, like mm. if you're doing a contest prep or something, yeah. he's, he's your guy. He's the guru. Um, so for myself, it's more, I'm doing more lifestyle optimization, yes. mentorship, business and stuff like this. Mm. Um, but Milos, if anyone wants to do a contest prep, it, I, I mean, not just because he's one of my good friends and mentors, there's nobody better in the world who actually gives a shit yeah. about your results, right? And he won't take people on if he yeah. cares about your results more than you do, and that's important to know. Like, yeah. If you're not dead committed to your results, don't even contact him, right? Because yeah. he, he, he will say, like, don't yeah. waste my time. Do you think that balances the relationship a lot? Like having that, those to that framework of you can go to Milos if you want to go to that next level, and then, you know, lifestyle, you know, business mentorship, do you think that, and obviously the philosophy, no. I'll tell you, man, no, even if I was doing that physique, philosophy even if I was doing physique enhancement, I think I would still send them to him mm. just because he, he, he's the best. Like, yeah. I think I'm certainly capable, but, mm. and again, we probably have a different demographic, yeah. but uh, I think, yeah. you know, his, uh, his expertise, like, yeah. you know, I looked up to him for a reason and, mm. and that was um, out of a massive level yeah. of respect and, and the details, the attention he plays to details is mm. a second to no one. So. Yeah. You know, that's, um, you know, I give him all the credit for that. For and sure. obviously, Milos, you're just as passionate as you were. Like, you really want to get people in shape. You yes. really want to help people. You're as yeah. passionate as you were back in the 90s. I mean, how long do you see that passion going for? Like, do you uh, see yourself you know, doing this? This is something, uh, your character, it's in you. Yeah. When you have a passion, the greatest thing in life is to have passion about something. Right? And, uh, and as he said, I appreciate it. Um, uh, it's, uh, you know, true as it gets, you know, I, I would tell you the truth at all times. I want the maximal results, um, maybe sometimes harsh on, on people, but you know, because I want you to succeed. I had many times, many times uh, people coming in and telling me, oh, I know I'm doing this wrong. Or I'm not doing it uh, maximally. Mm. And I said, stop right there. Now think what you just said. Mm. You're an intelligent person telling me, I know I'm doing it wrong. Mm. So take now anything and do it wrong. What is going to be the result? You know, so, you know, I, I'm uh, uh, using a little uh, different term. He always says optimization, mm -hmm. which is you know, correct. I always say maximization. Yeah. I have to maximize it. You know, for me, uh, in bodybuilding, this is extreme sport. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and let's put it this way. Uh, many come to me and say, well, Arnold back in the day, he didn't have this, he didn't have that. And he looked, you know, fabulous. Yes, mm -hmm. Arnold is probably one of the best physiques of all time. Could he be better? I'm 100% convinced. If he maximized all the other aspects that, uh, you know, he, put, he just need, didn't need to. And I have a lot of bodybuilders. And they're not Arnold. It's important to acknowledge that too, yeah, right? The client who's coming to you is not Arnold. Yeah. They're not even Milos, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. But it, it's really um, competitors at Olympia stage. And then they would, you know, later after the contest, tell me, but you know, I didn't do everything I, you told me. I didn't. I cheated here, I cheated there. And he, they're all happy. But you see, I had a great result. Imagine what would happen if you didn't cheat. Imagine if you did 100% of everything that you're supposed to. You know. So um, this is uh, my kind of mentality. You know. And uh, um, I don't want to say that I accomplished something great because uh, uh, I was just like top 10 mm. in the world, but top 10 in uh, a hardest era of bodybuilding. You know. And uh, you follow back in the day. Yeah. You know, you can, you know, say 20 guys in the 90s, they were just unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So, 
in that kind of elite competition, somebody has to be first and somebody has to be the last. Um, I remember 97 Olympia, uh, I was 10th. Johnny Coma was 9th. And let's say uh, last three guys, 11, 12, 13, was Mike Materazzo, um, Charles Claremont, and Mike Francois. Yes. Everybody phenomenal, yeah, but right. somebody had to be last. 1999, my last Olympia, Jay Cutler, in incredible condition, placed 15th. You know, so you know when you look at it, I and mean, we talk a little bit about the subjective sport of uh, bodybuilding and how judging goes. Uh, many times I, I disagree with judges, and I tell them not that uh, you're you you looking at uh, oranges and apples. If you have crystal clear definition of I'm looking for number one balance mm. everything has to balance be there shape beautiful aesthetics conditioning right muscularity presentation mm. then you can define and judge them correctly yeah. but uh, they don't they just look overall picture mm. and uh, we talked about many times we do disagree with the, with the judging and um, you know for me I pay attention to all the little details when I work with the Ben we spend a lot of time on the posing as well right because it's not what you have, it's what you show. show yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, so what you have, you can maximize it or you can say, I'm, I'm happy with what I have. You know, for me, uh, since 1991, when I turned pro, I was progressively, progressively, progressively getting uh, bigger and better. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I finally retired, right, uh, I could say that it was uh, uh, in inclination, it was. Uh, um, always a little bit progress by next time. Doesn't matter if it's minute progress, mm. you know, doesn't matter how uh, slow or fast you go, if you're still going in a good direction, you're going to go there, uh, you're going to get there. I'm just about maximization. So uh, this is one of those things that you cannot really learn and read. You have to apply. Experience. Knowledge is power if applied. Mm. You know, so this is what I see that, uh, you know, Ben is doing now in many different aspects that I don't. I was myopic with just you know, contest preparation, you know, hypertrophy, anabolism, you know, uh, in that direction he applies to many other aspects. But uh, if you apply the knowledge, right, and you read, are you supposed to only take uh, 0.8 grams of protein per kilo, 0.36? Okay, that's what science tells you. Mm. Now, who am I to challenge the science? Mm. Well, who is science to tell me that I must listen and obey? Okay, I'm going to go with a little bit more. It's one gram, better results, one and a half, two grams. So, you know, this is how you get your experience about training, about supplementation, you know, about anything else. Yeah. And so he pretty so much challenged the science. He was challenging mm. the science because mm. science is there to be challenged too, isn't it? Right, but there's something to be expanded on there, right? Mm. The only way you can challenge anything mm. is with self-experimentation yes. and nobody pushed as hard than Jim as him. Mm. Nobody, mm. like Bardon, right? So yeah. that allowed him to see, hey, when I push this hard and I add in these extra things, what actually happens? It's mm. this idea of digging a hole. Yes. The deeper the hole, the more you have to fill it back in. Yeah. And you know, the, to, for, for people to say, hey, the body can only process this much mm. or this is the optimal amount. Well, what are they doing with their body? How mm. much stress are they creating to their muscular system? And, you know, nobody's created that amount of stress. So for someone to discredit that or say, hey, that's not accurate, is ridiculous, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So sure, 0.8 grams per kilo sounds awesome, but let's then, or per pound or whatever, mm -hmm. but then let's come and try and train with us for three to four weeks. And let's see what your recovery looks like. Yeah. And if it's not adequate, let's just push it up a little bit. And eventually, when you get to the type of training that he was doing, 
or we were doing, you realize that you need that amount. It's a necessity. It's not just like, oh, yeah, I'm eating extra protein because I'm hungry. It's like, if I don't eat this amount of protein, I don't allow, I'm not able to get back in the gym yeah. tomorrow and do what I need to do again yes. to be a professional. Yes. It's, it's an extreme scenario, right? Not yeah. everyone's looking to be the best bodybuilder yeah. in the world, but you know, just understanding it's, it's always um, like push and adapt, push and adapt, mm -hmm. and then think and, and adapt, yeah. right? So without that thought process of like, if you just myopically, as you say, you just myopically buy into something and say, this is, this is the way it is, mm. you don't stand a chance of progressing. Mm. So, you know, you, you obviously you moved on from bodybuilding, you know, and it is an extreme sport. Like, you know, you're walking around, Best nothing else exists. No. Nothing else exists. Was that sort of a catalyst for you to sort of move on from your career? Or are you going to, do you think you'll ever make a comeback? I'll never make a comeback. No, no I'm done. Um, <clears throat> I didn't need it anymore. Hmm. You know, when I was a young bodybuilder, I, I was probably insecure. I, I had this really particular goal mm. and uh, I had such tunnel vision on it that nothing was gonna stop me. Mm. You know, I, everyone in my life said, hey, you're mm. never gonna do this. Mm. Like, you're crazy, you're never gonna do it. And it never even crossed my mind that mm. it wasn't gonna be there. Um, but what I realized when I got there was I thought it was gonna make me more confident. I thought mm. it was gonna change the person I was. And I realized it didn't. And it really allowed me to look inside and say, well, what is this? What is, what is my purpose here? What am I doing? Mm. And I realized that you know my purpose can be greater than just being focused on me. Mm. I have you know some skills and I have some knowledge, and I'm like, yeah, hey, I can help people based on these experiences, mm. rather than just being selfish and focused on me. I can help my family, I can help my friends, I can help people who are uh, wanting to learn from my experiences. Mm. And I think as soon as I was able to kind of shift that focus away from, as you say, just like tunnel vision, there's nothing else in the yeah. world that existed. We were just focused, so selfish. Mm. Um, as soon as I was able to shift that away, it, I don't think I could ever go back. It's so empowering to me, um, so fulfilling to me, perhaps, to empower other people and uh, accelerate their journey, make them feel good about themselves, build that confidence, and let people know that you can. You absolutely can. The reason you're not is because of the story you tell yourself as to why you can't. And uh, you know that to me is the most powerful thing. You know, we walk down the street, and, and both of us get like. I, hey, you know, Milos, you changed my life. And he changed my life. Yes. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can do the same for other people. And that's why we learn. And that's why I continue to learn voraciously every day is, you know, that there's something that we're all meant, to, we're all here to do. We're all mm. meant to do. And, you know, hopefully if you, if you work really, really hard, you'll get lucky enough to find it. 100%. No, I really enjoyed this. And, um, guys, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to, um, I want people to go and, 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 do your muscle camps and your tours. You have both been very instrumental in, in kind of my journey in fitness, especially you, Manos, um, mm. watching you in the 90s. Um, you're an inspiration to a lot of people, you know, I, I say modern day Frank Zan and I actually mean it, you know, I honestly do. And um, obviously, Ben, I heard a lot about you um, through uh, a good mate of mine, Chris Gethin, and um, you're pretty much everything that you said he, you were, which is uh, not a good guy, I'm only joking. A really, really nice guy, and um, you know, it, 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 I think it was just meant to be that you guys walked into the gym today, <laughs> and I was able to see you guys, and we were able to have a good chat about, you know, not just about, you know, just bodybuilding itself, but the discipline, the, the work ethic, the the twenty four seven it takes to become good at anything, not just bodybuilding, but everything in life, whether it's your relationships, whether it's your friendships with different friends, whether it's you know you competing at different levels in different sports. The same principles apply to everything, and I think both of you have exemplified that and showed that 
um, tonight. And I just want to thank you guys for giving me your time. And I'm going to ask both of you guys, like, where can people find you? Obviously, you've got websites, Instagram, social media. I'll start with you, Milos. Yeah, it's uh, Instagram, you know, my name, Milos Ratchet, M-L-L-S-S-A-R-C-E-V. Nobody can really pronounce it. It's uh, Milos Ratchet, yes. Yeah. But uh, uh, that's the best way. Yeah. I mean, also I have uh, emails, yeah. uh, first name, that last name, mm-hmm. and then you can put anything, uh, Gmail, mm-hmm. iCloud, uh, Hotmail, you know, okay. I have uh, everything like this. But I just want to touch that uh, subject, as he mentioned. Um, I think the greatest uh, success in life is when somebody comes and say, you influenced me, you made a difference. Mm. And uh, this is very gratifying. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, and Ben, we're getting this uh, all the time. Mm. And uh, giving back, making a difference, that's, that's what it's all about. Mm. I mean, at this time, why do we do these training camps? I mean, uh, yeah, you know, financially, yeah, we, we uh, get compensated, but it's far and away from mm. any uh, major compensation. I'm, I'm sure that we make much more money off the camps, mm. but spreading the knowledge, making a difference, mm. uh, going to Dubai, now Australia, we're going to go to Bali, UK, you know, uh, as many people's lives as we can touch and, and change, it's a greater uh, satisfaction. Yeah. And you then? So muscleintelligence.com is, is my primary yeah. hub. So, you know, things like coaching and programs are all existing there. Mm. Muscle Intelligence Podcast is also on that website. And if you want to find uh, access to the camps with Milos and I, it's uh, musclecamps.com. Mm. And you'll have all the locations, as you mentioned, starting with Australia, where we are now. Um, and then Bali, UK, and uh, hopefully more in the future. Mm. I love both your uh, ethos is very similar in what you want to do in the world. You want to impact more people. And it's gratifying for you guys to to do that. And obviously, this doesn't even feel like work for you guys. This this just feels like it's the most natural thing for you guys. It's your calling and you're giving mm. back to, you know, um, for what the sport gave you. And you're giving back more and more and making it a better place. I want to thank you for that. Appreciate your time. Thank you, thank you very much, man. It's uh, mm. truly an honor to, to, yeah. to thank you for making the time. No, no, thank, thank you. you guys. I appreciate it.